0: this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful Word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of James, chapter number 1. Today we're looking in the book of James, chapter number 1. We're going to read verses 14 and 15. The Word of the Lord says that each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. The Bible says that when desire has conceived, It gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Using for my subject today, the consequences of sin. Father, I thank you for the Word of God. I thank you for all of your Word. God, I thank you for the warnings that are in your Word. Father, I just pray today... Holy Spirit, I ask that you will do your work of conviction in our hearts and in our lives today. And God, I pray, Lord, that we will respond, Lord, to to the ministry of the Word of God and we will respond to the wooing and the convicting of the Holy Spirit in this house today. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in this place today. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated. May I tell you that there are consequences for sin? May I tell you this morning that sin will cost you? Oh, it might not be today, it might not be tomorrow, but, but the time will come when sin will demand that you pay up. Now may I say that that time could be just around the corner for someone here today. Here's what's scary. No one is above temptation. No one is exempt from the possibility of falling into sin. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12 says, Let him who thinks he stands take heed unless he fall." Some of God's greatest men have yielded to temptation and fallen into sin. Men like Saul and Samson and David and, and the list goes on and on. Some, some modern day giants in the faith have also fallen. So who are we to think that that we are exempt from the possibility of falling into sin ourselves? If you're in sin today, God is issuing you a warning. I believe that the the purpose of the message today is to issue a warning. God is issuing a warning to somebody in this room today. Somebody who is in sin today. And God is issuing a warning to you today. And the warning this morning is repent and come clean and turn from your sin. For the rest of us, this message is also a warning. May we keep before us always the awful consequences of sin so that we will guard ourselves, so that we will prepare ourselves, so that when temptation oh, to sin knocks on our door, and let me tell you, it will. So may we be aware of the consequences today, oh, oh, so that we may guard ourselves, and so we may prepare ourselves, so that when temptation to sin knocks on our door, we will refuse to answer. This morning I want to point out six things about sin. By the way, there's fill-in-the-blank outline on the back of your bulletin today. Number one, this morning let me suggest that sin infects. Sin infects. Infection is not good. Infection makes you sick. infection makes you feel bad. It it sucks out all of the energy out of you. It it affects every part of your body. When there is is an infection in your body, your whole body aches and your whole body hurts. It, it, It messes with your whole body. And if left untreated, it can destroy vital organs. If left untreated, all this infection, it can take a strong, robust, muscular man and turn him into a weak, frail, sickly, dying man. And when a person sins, infection sets in in their soul. Oh, this person becomes sick in their soul. And sin sucks out all of the spiritual energy. Oh, it can take a giant in the faith and strip every ounce of effectiveness and every ounce of power from him. It happened with Samson, the original superhero. The Bible says that he could kill a lion with his his own bare hands. Oh, The Bible says that he killed a thousand of God's enemies with a a donkey's jawbone. The Bible also says that after he became infected with sin and when that infection was full-blown, it eventually sucked out all of his supernatural strength. Sin infects. An infection is not a pretty sight. True story. An affluent neighborhood experienced the unthinkable. The garbage collectors went on strike. Bags of garbage lined the curbs and the alleys in this affluent part of town. Rats began to show up. The stench was literally unbearable. Disease began to spread. It was in the month of December. One man had a brilliant idea. He took all of his garbage and he placed the garbage in boxes and then he wrapped the boxes in Christmas paper and then he sat the boxes on his front porch. Every night thieves would steal these packages. They would steal the packages thinking that they were getting one thing when they were actually getting another. Oh, steal these packages thinking that they were getting something valuable, thinking they were getting something so, so, something good. Uh, oh, friend, Satan wraps it up. Oh, oh, he wraps sin. That's the way sin is. Satan wraps it up in attractive packages. Oh, he deceives people and making them to believe that they're getting something good. And yet when you open it up, you always discover there's garbage there. And when sin is exposed, you can see how infectious it is and see the disease it has caused. We're talking about the consequences of sin today. Not only does sin infect, but number two, sin invites. Sin opens the door that allows a whole lot of bad things. To come into your life. Sin makes you vulnerable. To Satan and. To his attacks. The Bible says in Ephesians. Chapter 4 and verse 27. That sin gives the devil. A foothold in your life. And Proverbs 11 and 8 says. The righteous is delivered from trouble. And it goes to the wicked. Instead. You see sin. Sin is an open invitation to to trouble. Friends, sin will lead you into things that, that, that you never thought you would ever see yourselves involved in. Oh, no, not in a thousand years could you ever see that you would be involved in something but like this. But oh, sin opens the door. It invites, it opens the door. Amen. Just this past week somebody told me how that just one sin. They told me how that just one sin opened the door to a flood of sin. They eventually allowed in their life that absolutely destroyed their life. Not only does sin invite, sin involves Somebody said, no man is an island. You see, everything that we do and every decision that we make affects other people. May I tell you that you cannot sin without hurting somebody? I want to say that again this morning. You cannot sin without hurting somebody. Oh, people think, I'm not hurting anyone. I, uh, my sin doesn't affect anybody but myself. Wrong! The affair hurts your spouse. And the spouse of the one you have the affair with. And it hurts all of the kids uh, that are involved in the family. Oh, and the parents. Oh, they are hurt. Uh, Oh, and if you're in some type of ministry, every person that you have ever had a positive influence over has just lost confidence in you. And some of them will lose confidence in the God that you're supposed to represent. I'm personally aware of pastors who sinned Morally. The good news is eventually. Eventually they they repented. And the good news is eventually. They were even restored to ministry. Isn't God's grace wonderful? But all too often. They're kids. Even though. Mom or dad are both repented, either, either, even though uh, they are even restored not only to God, but they're restored into their, their ministry. But all too often their kids want nothing to do with God and nothing to do with His church. It was all a lie, they say. They've lost all respect for the church and for the ministry. Sin involves. Sin gets very complicated. And it produces some very complicated situations. Let me say it again this morning. You cannot sin without hurting somebody. And usually several somebody. David's sin with Bathsheba affected his entire family. So did Achan's and so are yours and so are mine. Not only does sin involve number four this morning, sin increases. Man thinks he can control his sin. What arrogance? You mean to tell me that sin is going to affect everybody else? Sin is going to eventually bite everybody else, but it won't bite you. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Are you telling me that that, that sin will get out of control in everybody else's life, but it will not get out of control in yours? Do you really think you can handle your liquor? Do you really think you can handle your porn? Do you really think you can handle your gambling? Several years ago when horse racing came to Oklahoma City, Someone in my family went to check it out. It was fun. It was new. It was something to do. It was exciting. And he was winning money. He would come to work on Monday morning and brag about the money that he had won at the track over the weekend. I've got a system, he said. I've got a system. oh, oh I've got this thing figured out, he said. I, I win every single time. One Monday morning, he showed up for work. And he had not won. Another Monday morning, he shows up and again had not won. And another Monday morning he would show up and he again had lost at the races. He would win once and then he would lose three times. He would win just enough to get him back and just enough to get him hooked and just enough that he eventually became addicted. He, it became an addiction to him. And eventually he lost his business, his friends, his marriage, his kids, his self-respect because sin increases. It grows over time. It starts small but increases little by little. It happened with David. It happened with Saul. It happened with Samson. It could happen to you and me. Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs chapter 23, verses 31 through 35. It says, do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, When it swirls around smoothly, at the last, it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart will utter perverse things. Yes, you will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea. Or like one who lies at the top of the mast, saying, They have struck me, but I was not hurt. They have beaten me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake that I may seek another drink? Alcohol is just one example of a host of things that starts out seemingly harmless. It's just a beer with the guys. It's just a little wine with my meal. This is just one example of a host of things that starts out seemingly harmless but can eventually destroy your entire life and the life of everybody that you love. Talking about the consequences of sin today. Let's look at the fifth one this morning. Sin injures. Sin doesn't play fair. Sin will injure if not dealt with. And then if not dealt with, it will totally destroy. Let me mention just three things, just three out of many, but let me just just mention three things that sin injures. Number one, it'll injure your reputation. Proverbs 14 and 34 says sin is a reproach to any people. Proverbs 6 and 33 says that wounds and dishonor will he get, and his reproach will not be wiped away. If you fall into sin, you'll injure your reputation. Pastor, can, can a person repent and, and be forgiven of their sin? Absolutely, absolutely. But let me tell you this morning, the other side of the coin is, is that it will never, ever be the same for them ever again. There will be a blot on their record. There will be an asterisk Oh, that will be forever stamped on whatever they Accomplish. Somebody will say What about so and so Wow look what they did And somebody else will say Yeah but don't forget Ah look what somebody is doing Yes yes, yes But don't forget Alleluia. I'm telling you that if you fall into sin And you stay down very long I want to tell you friend Even though God can bring you back up And God can forgive you And God can restore you And God can get you moving forward again But I want to tell you Your life will be forever changed You will never ever be the same again it'll never be the same for you again. Not only does sin injure your reputation, it also injures your relationships. Sin causes marriages to break up. Sin. And when marriages break up, it causes the children of that marriage to have to choose sides. They don't know who's right. They don't know. Especially when they're little. They don't know who's right. They don't know who's They don't know. You've put on a facade for them for years. Hallelujah. And now their family's been torn apart. And the children of that marriage have to choose sides. Thanksgiving and Christmas and their birthday is never, ever going to be the same. Ever, never will it ever be the same as it was. Sin separates friendships. I'll never forget several years ago now when when I heard through the grapevine that one of my very best friends at the time was caught with another woman beside his, besides his wife. I refused to believe it. I do not believe it. I said, I'm, I don't believe this. And I wouldn't believe it, and so I, I called him. He lived about 300 miles away, so it wasn't, wasn't like I could just get in the car and drive across town. I wouldn't believe it, so I called him to make him aware of this lie. Do you know the lie that's out there? Do you know the scuttlebutt? Do you know the gossip that's out there about you? Do you know people are lying about you, man? And he confessed to me that it wasn't a lie. It was the truth and he was leaving his wife to be with this other woman. Although he was in sin, I didn't write him off. I tried to reach out to him, but he pulled away, and the friendship was over. Sin injures, sin destroys. Achan's sin as recorded in Joshua chapter 7, led to total destruction of his entire family. Sin is not only capable of injuring or even destroying your reputation and your relationships, but also even even your own resources. I've already told you about Someone in my own family who lost their business. They lost their beautiful home. They lost all of their money. They even lost the means to make more money because of their gambling addiction. Achan lost his resources because of sin. Proverbs 13 and 22 says the the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the righteous. Friends, sin is expensive. It can cost you your reputation. It can cost you your relationships. It can even cost you your resources. Let's notice the last consequence of sin that we will talk about today. That is, sin incriminates. James chapter 1 and verse 15 that we read, and sin when it is finished, or sin when it is full grown, brings forth death. Sin doesn't play around, and sin takes no prisoners. John 10 and 10, the Bible says that the thief or the devil comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. The devil's not your friend. He hates God and he hates everyone associated with God. And he'll do everything within his power to take you. Romans 6 and 23 says that the wages or the, or the payment for sin is, is death. You see, the devil has one thing on his agenda and one thing only, and that is to infect your life with sin and then to grow that infection until it finally destroys not only your life here on earth, but eventually it will damn your soul to an eternal hell. And I know we don't like to talk about hell, and I know most churches don't talk about hell, and we don't talk about it very much around here. Actually, God has to slap me around pretty hard to get me to do it because I just don't like it. I don't like the thought of it. I can't stand the thought of someone going there. I can't, in, in, in total honesty, I don't understand it. But I know it's true because the Word of God talks about it and is true. Amen? Amen? And it all starts with that seemingly harmless carrot that the devil dangles before your eyes. Ah, it is so seemingly harmless. What's wrong with this, we say? That's the beginning. A newspaper in Arkansas reported on a man who had a pet rattlesnake. True story. He would hold food in his hand, and the rattlesnake would eat out of his hand. He would whistle, and the rattlesnake would come slithering to him. It happened in Arkansas. He would stroke the head. This is a true story. He would, he would stroke the head of his rattlesnake. It was his pet. It had a name. And one day, One day, out of nowhere, the rattlesnake turned on its owner and bit the man, and the man died. Of course it did. Of course it did. Because you see, it's in the very nature of a rattlesnake to bite. That's what rattlesnakes do. It might not bite today. It might not bite tomorrow. It might not bite next week. But the rattlesnake is going to bite. That's what rattlesnakes do. It was only a matter of time until the snake would bite him. And the rattlesnake's bite came with deadly, venomous poison. And so it is with sin. It's the very nature of sin to bite. It might not bite you today. It might not bite you tomorrow. It might not bite you next week. But it is in the very nature of sin itself that eventually sin is going to turn on you. Eventually sin is going to bite. I don't care how many days you got by with it. I don't care how many times you did it and it did not seem to affect you. I'm telling you, I'm telling you it's in the nature of sin that eventually sin will turn on you and eventually sin will bite. Amen. And its bite is full of deadly poison. And it's only a matter of time. Back to my story with the man in my family. I remember going to his house. And he had a beautiful home. And beautiful furnishings. Even had a wet bar in his house. He didn't drink at the time, no alcohol there. But he had Coke and Dr. Pepper and <laughs> in his house. And he drove a brand new Cadillac and had a brand new pickup and went to fancy places and took trips then one day he went to the races fast forward today he doesn't have a tooth in his head today he's 60 years old and just recently moved out of his own kid's house into a dump, a one-room dump. He drives a cab. Nothing wrong with driving a cab. I'm telling you. How many times did he think, this is my pet rattlesnake? It'll never bat me. But Sin is like a rattlesnake. It will bite you. And when it bites you, it's full of deadly poison. My prayer today is for those that are petting that pet Sin in their life today. Yes. Today will be the day Hallelujah. when you'll repent, Hallelujah. get deliverance, get back to God, Hallelujah. and you'll do it today while a rattlesnake has not yet bit. Yes. We get the usher, or excuse me, the musicians and the singers back in place this morning very quietly but very quickly please everybody stay in this atmosphere please. James 1 and fifteen again says, and sin when it is finished with you it will kill you. Pastor, don't you don't you have any good news for us today? Pastor, don't you understand that all sinners stayed home and all the sissy Christians, you know, that couldn't stand a little cold and a possible little freezing rain, hey, they stayed home. Well, you got, you got the choir here today. you got the saints here today, Pastor. KG's up on us a little bit today. Pastor, don't you have any good news for us? Yes, I do. Uh, you ready for sermon number two now? I've got some wonderful news for you this morning. And the news is there's an end of venom for sin. It's called the blood of Jesus Christ. 1 John 1 and 7 says the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sin. 1 John 1 and 9 says that if we will confess our sins that He is faithful and He is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See even if that Rattlesnake bites you. If you get the shot, the antivenom, quick enough, it can reverse it. And you will not die. Yeah. And maybe you're here this morning and maybe you've gone so far, oh, that sin, sin, oh, has actually been. Too late. It's not too late. You're still alive. You're still here. God is still speaking to your heart. Oh, the antivenom, the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse you. Pastor, you don't know what I've done. Pastor, you, you don't know. I was taught all the things I shouldn't do, and I've done them all. Most of us have. Most of us have. Some people get caught. The rest of us get by with it. Oh, don't look there. That's sanctimonious look on your face. We'll open your closet. Let's look in your closet. I don't want you looking in mine. You know, when you're called to preach at four and preach your whole life, there's not a whole lot in that closet. There's some in there. Take toys away from other kids when I was in the nursery. <laughs> hey, I was a teenager once. Enough said? I didn't do a whole lot of things, but I, well, I did a few things too. <laughs> what I didn't do, I thought. Come on. Come on. Father, I just pray today. Lord, I know in my heart. I know God in my heart. I know in my spirit today. There are people in this room today. Oh, they don't look like it on the outside. They would never say it. Nobody would ever know it. But there's sin in their life there's things going on in their lives, maybe late at night, maybe early in the morning, when nobody's looking, when nobody's around, when everybody else is. When they're at work, when their spouse is out of town, when they're out of town. There are people in this room today, God, that they have been taught the Ten Commandments, but they've broken most of them. There are those in this room today, they're playing with the rattlesnake called sin. There's others in this room today that they're tempted by that rattlesnake called sin. And there's even some people in this room today that the rattlesnake called sin has already dug its fangs deep within them today. But in all three cases, it's not too late. There's an antivenom for sin. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, do your work today. Father, in Jesus' name. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning. No one is leave in this room unless you have a a baby or child who begins to cry or disrupt and then please for the sake of everyone else while the Holy Spirit is working then you are excused this is the most important part of the service, it's what the whole service is all about to draw us to this point in the service what are you going to do It's a word that has been presented to you today. And what will your answer be today to the Holy Spirit as He speaks to your heart today? Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. If you're here this morning and you have unconfessed sin in your life, You're aware of it. You feel convicted of it today, and you need to deal with it, get it under the blood, and get repentance for it this morning. Let me see your hand all over this room, and keep it up really high so I can see that people have lifted their hand. All right, I see some in the middle in this section here, in the two middle sections. I see hands. How about on the outer sections? Thank you. God bless you. In the back, my right, and your left, you can put your hand down now. How many others? How many over in this other section over here this morning on the uh, north side? If you be my left and your right, thank you. You can Put your hand down. How many others this morning? How many others? God bless you. Put your hand down now. How many others this morning? Anyone else? Anyone else today? How many of you this morning would lift your hand, and by lifting your hand, you were saying, I've been playing? Hold on, I hadn't even asked the question yet. That's when you know you're effective. Amen. this question is this morning I've been playing around and entertaining a rattlesnake calls sin hadn't bitten me yet but I'm getting too close it's time to back away turn away I see your hand this morning all over this room. Anyone? God bless you. Many are lifting their hands this morning. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Everyone standing this morning, please. They continue to play softly this morning. If you responded this morning to any of these questions today, I want you to come and I want you to stand here in front this morning. I want to pray with you. I want you to have your time of prayer one-on-one with God. Don't, don't be embarrassed. Don't worry about it. This is the grace place. This is, this is a safe place. This is a loving place. This is a receiving place. This is an accepting place. We will honor you. We will respect you. We will, we will, we will say, "Wow! Look, look at them. They, they, they have the, they, they have the courage to step out." Amen. Amen. This is about a third of the people that lay, raised their hand. Come on, the rest of you, come on. You. Whatever one, well, they I, I did the second one. They'll think I'll, it don't matter what anybody thinks. People that say something about it are the people that should have raised their hand the first time themselves. Come on, I'm going to wait just another moment this morning. There's others. There's others. Thank you, sweetie. Aren't you glad for young people with tender hearts? Amen? Yeah. Every evangelist that ever came to my dad's church got to claim me as one of their converts. I entered the altar call in every revival, and I and I needed to. <laughs> Amen. Anyone else this morning? Everybody's heads are bowed, eyes are closed. One more this morning. Is there are others that will come. Others that will come this morning. All right, I'm going to invite everyone to come now. Everyone come to the front this morning and stand behind me so they're not here by themselves. Those of you that raised your hand that you didn't come, please make sure that you come this morning. Make sure that you come today. Let me tell you, you can go home today, Saint, and you can say, I might as well stay at home today. I didn't need this today. Maybe you didn't, but I needed it. We need to be careful that we think, ah, it'll never happen to me. Well, that's what everybody says. That's what everybody says. Well, I'm in this thing too long. Been in it too long, it'll never happen. Hey, we've had some very high-ranking officials in our movement fall, morally. There's ministers that have been in ministry 50 years and have fallen. Remind yourself of the true cost and consequences of sin. Prepare yourself Ready yourself so that when the the temptation to sin knocks on your door, you will not answer it, or you'll send the Holy Spirit to answer it for you. Father, I just pray for these today that have come to the front this morning. They've come, uh, Lord, today with either sin in their life or, Lord, they are, they are tempted to sin, Lord. They're, some, Lord, have, have already been bitten others, Lord, have just playing around with sin. And others are just, Lord, they're just, they're, they're just uh, feeling, Lord, the enemy pulling, 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 pulling at them. God, I pray each and every one of these today, Lord, that have sin in their life will ask you to forgive them of their sin. And you will. And at the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse them and cover them and cover their sin today we will live today and we will not die. And God, for those of us that that have been living for you for years and years and years and years and years, God, may we not let our guard down. May we keep these thoughts and other thoughts ever before us. May we count the cost of sin Not even talking about the cost of breaking our Father's heart. If you came this morning and answered this altar call, I want you, I can't pray a prayer for you this morning. I can't repent for you. I want you to repent this morning. I want you to ask the Lord to forgive you of your sin. I want you to ask Him to wash you today and cover your sin with the blood of Jesus Christ. And I want you to leave here this morning determined that I'm going to Walk the other way and go the other direction. I'm drawing the line in the sand today. I'm not going to get bit. I'm going to pull away from the sin, from the rattlesnake. I'm going to pull away from the relationships that would pull me in the wrong direction. Young people, look at me just for a moment this morning. So I put myself in your shoes, and I remember, and yeah, it was back in the 1800s, but I was a teenager once. <laughs> and I can still remember when my, when I had hormone overdrive. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hadn't backed up a whole lot. I can remember all of those emotions. Am I a kid? Am I an adult? Am I this? Am I that? And I can remember because I loved Jesus my whole life. Didn't always please Jesus my whole life. Didn't always live like I loved Jesus, but I did. But I remember it was like it was—it was like it was a tug of war. It's like it was a tug-of-war. And, and the devil over here, and he ha- and I was in the middle, and God was over here, and I was the rope, and, and, and the tug of war, the tug of war, the tug of war, the tug. Oh, oh, man, my desires and and all of the things that go on, you know, and my my hormones and my emotions and the world and my and my friends and and, and society and, and all of that was pulling me and pulling me and pulling me. But but I remember God on this side, and I remember that Jesus died for me, and I remember Him. Pulling on me and pulling on me and pulling on me. And here I was stuck in the middle. And Am I going to go with the world or am I going to go with God? Am I, going to, am I going to live in sin or am I going to live in righteousness? And finally I understood that who wins is which way I lean. It's a standoff and who wins is which way I lean. If I lean to the world, the devil's got me. But if I lean, all I gotta do is just lean. I don't have to get over there by myself. God's pulling on me. He's pulling on me. I don't have to get over there by myself. All I gotta do is lean. So I'm telling you, young person, you're here today. Maybe you'll be right back down here next Sunday. I hope not. I hope you'll understand this. Just decide, hey, the only way I'm going to win this battle is if I lean in the direction of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Because the pull will never go away. It'll never go away. The devil doesn't give up. He doesn't quit. But neither does the Lord. Amen? Amen. Do you believe that this morning? Can you give the Lord a shout of praise in his house today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's worship this morning. Come on, let's worship.